Hello and welcome. This is Ukraine World Podcast, a podcast aiming at explaining Ukraine to international audiences. My name is Volodymyr Yermolenko. Today we are talking about Ukraine's upcoming presidential election, which will take place on uh, March uh, 31st uh, in, in just a few days. And uh, here we have in, in our studio our guest, which is Oleksiy Haran, well-known Ukrainian political expert, professor at Kiev Mahila Academy and research director at uh, Democratic Initiatives Foundation. Good morning, Oleksiy. Thank you and good morning and thank you very much for the invitation. Uh, you are analyzing Ukrainian election for many, many years and decades. Uh, what is your estimation in which way these upcoming elections are similar to the previous one or different from the previous ones? Well, first of all, I would like to say that elections in Ukraine always do matter because this is a real process of elections and the will of Ukrainian uh, people will be reflected. And during all the years, actually, it was difficult to predict who will win Ukrainian elections. So in this sense, it's a huge contrast compared to what's going on in Russia. So <coughs> today, a few days before the first round, we don't know, nobody really knows who, who, who is going to win, right? Right, but uh, the specifics of present elections is that previously we could at least uh, predict who will be in the runoff. There were pairs of uh, the main leaders and it was predictable at least who will be in the second round. And now it's really difficult, it's really difficult to, to predict. Let me remind our, our audience that Ukraine's presidential election have usually have two rounds. If uh, nobody wins over 50%, then two uh, major candidates go to the second round. Correct. And uh, in, in 2014 elections, President Poroshenko won in the first, well, the candidate Poroshenko at that time, so he won in the first round with uh, 50 plus percent. But uh, this year it will be different. Uh, some people say that, you know, the competition between the players are, is so high that there will be attempts uh, either by the current incumbent President Poroshenko or by, by his competitors to rig the election, to manipulate with the results. What would you say? Well, again, usually Ukrainian experience shows that even uh, when there are attempts to falsify elections, uh, there is a backlash. So uh, Ukrainian electors, Ukrainian people are not ready to accept falsifications. And uh, basically we may uh, recall 2004 elections when the results were falsified in favor of Yanukovych while we knew that uh, Yushchenko won the victory. And uh, we know what happened at that time. And by the way, I would like to mention here that uh, as you mentioned, I am a research director at Democratic Initiatives Foundation and we are, we are conducting exit polls with our partners and we conducted the first exit poll in Ukraine in 1998. So basically now it's, it would be 15th national exit poll. It's called national exit poll because it's consortium of the most trusted uh, sociological companies and the exit poll which was in 2004 actually revealed these falsifications. So the role of the exit poll is very important. Uh, I would like to continue that 
uh, again, um, administrative resource, financial resources, even control over media. Sometimes it was very uh, vivid in Ukraine under, under Kuchma or under Yanukovych, but even at that time, opposition had enough forces to challenge uh, the intentions of uh, Kushma or Yanukovych and even win the elections. So again, you may invest a lot of efforts into administrative resource, into media control, into financial support. <clears throat> and But at the end of the day, it's not the decisive factor. The decisive factor is what people think and whom they are going to choose. If we are talking about the present election, the situation is even more competitive. Why? Because now we have democracy. We have democracy in Ukraine. And we had it after Revolution of Dignity. We had il uh, democratic elections in 2014. <clears throat> and now we need to understand that one of the main results of the Revolution of Dignity was the return to the constitutional reform of 2004 which means that president is not all-powerful and actually his authority is limited and he needs to have cohabitation with the coalition government which relies on coalition in in the parliament so in this respect the parliamentary election in october will be probably as important maybe more important than presidential ones well, they will definitely they will be important. The outcome of parliamentary elections definitely also depend on who will win this presidential campaign. But again, one person may become a president, but still he needs a coalition. And it's very difficult to imagine in Ukraine that we will have one party that will have majority in the parliament. So there will be coalition. and. Uh, so Ukrainian politics is all about compromises, deals, sometimes open <coughs> deals, sometimes secret deals. Uh, yes, it's about compromises and this is good actually. But the other side, the dark side is that these compromises very often they are, uh, they are done in shadow and this is a minus. Non-transparent. So, non yeah. so uh, again, uh, we may have one president, but uh, the next situation in parliament would be different and it's difficult to imagine who will become prime minister. So many things are unpredictable here. We have now, I think, top uh, three candidates who, are, who are, will be debating their possibility to enter the second round. Mr. Zelensky, Ms. Timoshenko and Mr. Poroshenko. And I think the last time we've met, it, it was very difficult to predict that Zelensky will be a leader of the campaign. How would you describe, explain his phenomenon? Well, this is a protest vote. So this is, first of all, the main explanation. And it shows distrust to the old generation of politicians. And uh, we in Ukraine, we are always talking about the new faces in the politics, that we would like to see new faces. Actually, a lot of new faces appeared after elections, parliamentary elections of 2014. And there are bright people in the parliament, young, active, reformist oriented. But the prom problem is that they are actually not united in one political force. So they are present among different political forces and actually uh, they don't have a decisive influence of what's going on in the parliament. So 
it means that Ukrainians are frustrated and they were looking for new faces and there were many talks who may become new face. Uh, one uh, person which was mentioned was uh, Svetoslav Vakarchuk, a famous Ukrainian rock singer and I would say a public figure in contrast to Zelensky. He was active in public sphere but and he was considered as one of the potential candidates but at the end of the day he decided not to not to participate and it means that at least part of his potential electorate started to started to find another one and, and Zelensky, Zelensky appeared. And Zelensky is feeling this gap because I, I remember uh, a year ago I was like considering him like a probably pro-Russian candidate from southeast of, of Ukraine, Russian speaker but now it seems that he's feeling uh, the gap of this, you know, thirst for reform. So he he tries to talk to reforms experts, to 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 those experts who who are dealing with reforms from 2014. Uh, what do you think? So he's moving like more to the reforms-oriented agenda. Is it a fake or is it a real thing? Uh, good question. <laughs> One million-dollar question. Um, well, uh, definitely we cannot describe him as a person who is representing the electorate of part of regions, you know, the traditional electorate of, say, of Mr. Yanukovych. No, he's young, clever, uh, good, educated. Um, and oriented on, on Europe, more or less. At least in slogans. In slogans, In yes. slogans, yeah. But the main question is that actually we don't know what who is really behind him and what is his team what is his real programs because if you read his programs well more or less it's good you know like like every program if you are going into details then a lot of questions arise and the problem for Zelensky I think the main problem is that he's totally inexperienced in sphere of politics actually I think that the main idea when Zelensky declared about his participation in the presidential campaign was to prepare for parliamentary elections. So at that time his ratings were not so high and he decided to participate in order to then to lead his own party to the parliamentary elections, which is quite logical. The problem with his party, which is called Servant of the People, uh, the same title as his movie, very popular movie, uh, is that uh, the party has a rating and even now it has the rating number one in the parliamentary polls, but there's no real party, no party at all, only, only name. And by the way, this is also part of the problem because uh, most voters of Zelensky, they are going not to vote for real candidate, for real Zelensky, but for uh, for person whom he played in the movie. His character, right? His character, yes. So they saw the character is good, is nice person who's trying to fight corruption. Uh, and they actually project this image onto Zelensky. But this is totally different story, right? Movie is movie and real politics is different. And, and Zelensky is trying to put them together. He's trying to make politics as if it was kind of a infotainment. But let me ask a different question. 
according to many surveys, which I, I have seen, for example, the surveys of the values, Ukraine, Ukrainians want stability. This is one of the major values. One thing which many, many of Ukrainians, I think, many of us are afraid of about Zelensky is just this inexperienced guy in a country under military attack who needs to talk to, the, to Russia, he'll be so weak that Ukraine cannot really afford experimenting with it. Uh, why is that? Why Ukrainians who want stability want to experiment at a time when, when probably there is no time for experiments? Well, and actually this is one of the main topics in the, in the present campaign, because this is basically the arguments which you are suggesting right now are the arguments of the President Poroshenko. Uh, Poroshenko's team is talking about the about necessity to have an experienced uh, person who is com a real commander-in-chief, who may conduct negotiations with the world leaders, and they suggest this is Poroshenko, that Zelensky is inexperienced. And <clears throat> this, is, this is the problem. Again, the problem with Zelensky is not that he's coming from show business, he's an actor. Actually, we have now, ex now examples from other countries of such kind of people who went into politics, became parliamentarians, or even presidents. But the problem is that all these people who came into politics, they started their political activity either with creating their political parties, which then move to the parliament and then influence the national agenda, or they were using uh, existing political machines, like Schwarzenegger or even Mr. Trump, right? They are Republicans, they went through the primaries, they are using... We, know the ideology of Republicans, uh, they are constrained by checks and balances, including with their own party. And this is not the case with Zelensky. Even Macron, he first created a movement, and then uh, we've seen that even he was facing a lot of problems with incompetence. Uh, yeah, and if you're talking about Macron, actually he was, uh, first he was with Socialist Party, he was a minister, in the government before that he had his political career so there was a political career so the person came with some experience then he created new parties and all these changes to political uh, system party system of france but he had political experience and with zelensky it's not the case so Let and this is I think this is one of the main questions and the real dangers connected with Zelensky. Not to mention the thing that uh, his show is on the TV channel which is controlled by oligarch Kolomoisky. And there are many rumors about their connections and I believe that uh, definitely somehow they are connecting and they are coordinating. And it's, cle it's clear that Kolomoisky is waging a war against Poroshenko because Kolomoisky is an oligarch that suffered the most, uh, interestingly, during Poroshenko's rule. So for him, these elections are kind of a revenge, right? Correct, correct. Uh, and, and again, uh, about, about Kolomoisky, what is interesting is that a year ago, he was uh, actually in favor of uh, Yulia Tymoshenko. He was saying that she was uh, the candidate which was best prepared. And then appeared Zelensky. I think nobody could predict that his ratings went so high 
even Zelensky himself, even Kolomoisky, even analysts like me and all others. So, but then the first idea was to participate in order to prepare for parliamentary campaign, but then his rating, rating skyrocketed and it appeared that now Kolomoisky is saying, well, Tymoshenko is good prepared, but maybe Zelensky is a good choice because it's a new face. He represents younger, younger generation. So but he supports Kolomoisky supports both, right? Yes, Timoshenko that's right. So, so again, Poroshenko team is saying that in, if Tymoshenko goes into the second round, then it will be Kolomoisky against Kolomoisky. This is again, this is the argument of Poroshenko yeah. team. We need to understand that it's not as schematic uh, yeah. that Tymoshenko is also an independent player. And Zelensky is saying and that Zelensky, he is an independent player. Uh, he is connected player. Yeah. to Kolomoisky, but uh, we shouldn't underestimate him. He may play his own game as well. Let's talk about Poroshenko. What is interesting about Poroshenko is that uh, in late 2018, like in November, December, probably November, he, his rating was like 5-6%. Now he has about 16-18%. What is the reason of this increase in popularity and can, can, can he continue increasing his rating? Well, uh, first of all, uh, there are historical examples like Kuchma whose ratings was very low at the beginning in of presidential yeah. campaign in 1999 and who went in the second round and actually won in the landslide because his, uh, his, the other contender was the communist so actually Ukrainians voted for the lesser evil and I believe that in the second round there's a huge possibility that Ukrainians will, uh, will choose a lesser evil as they see it Right, because it's not like it was in 2004 when we had Yushchenko from Democratic Forces, a candidate around him, all the other Democrats united, or in 2010, well, Timoshenko was considered as lesser evil, but she lost just 3% to Yanukovych. And now we need to understand that all three, three main candidates, they are not, it's very difficult to depict them in black and white, you know. Uh, all of them have uh, <coughs> uh, have skeletons, uh, their own skeletons in the closet, and uh, there is you a mean something to hide, right? Something to hide, including new face Zelensky, and uh, uh, Ukrainians actually are critical of almost all of them. So I believe the uh, vote in the second round would be the vote for the lesser evil. But in look, this case, if we are talking about Poroshenko and increase of his ratings, that actually uh, the vote of those who, who consider him to be a lesser evil in time of war. Again, so we are talking ab about stability. We are talking about the person who conducted, who led Ukraine through all these difficult years, starting since 2014, Russian attack, very difficult economic situation, and there are certain uh, certain successes in foreign policy sphere. Yes, we have association agreement, we have visa-free regime, we have continuation of international sanctions uh, against uh, Russia, we have finally lethal weapons from the United States, so there are successes. But I think the key success is that Ukraine survived, which was not obvious in 2014. 
-hmm. And knowing Ukrainian history, even early 20th century, when there were like some typical uh, similar process, Ukrainian Ukraine did not survive at this Correct. Time. And the, uh, well, I think the thing why Ukraine survived is that in 2014, Putin miscalculated totally because according you know his famous or notorious expression that Ukrainians and Russians are just one people which is totally wrong but according to his idea if people in the south and east of the country they were speaking as us speaking Russian language so they should support unification with Russia or they should welcome you know Russian soldiers and it didn't happen vice versa it didn't happen and, and I will come back to this issue geopolitical but let me come back to Poroshenko and Timoshenko these two um, personalities have huge anti-rating so both I think maybe I'm wrong but all, just over 50% or close to 50% people are saying they will never vote for Poroshenko or Timoshenko. Does this mean that they have no chance in the second round against Zelensky? <clears throat> it's a difficult it's a difficult question and uh, I wouldn't say that election of Zelensky is is for sure why. We have the simulation of the runoff so different pairs. And in these different pairs, Zelensky beats Timoshenko, he beats Poroshenko, uh, Timoshenko beats Poroshenko. But, but there are some 30% of undefined, right? Even more. Because up to from 40 to 50% of Ukrainians are undecided if they face this situation. For example, if they face the situation Zelensky and Timoshenko, from 40 to 50% say, we don't know. We would vote against all, we will not come, we are not decided yet. So basically, this is, uh, it, it's, very, it's very difficult to predict. And the line of campaign will change because then if Poroshenko is in the second round, if Timoshenko is in the second round, in any case, they would represent themselves as those people who can lead the country in times of war in contrast to inexperienced Zelensky. And the logic of Zelensky is also clear that we are new faces, we will change the country, all these nice, nice good And ideas. his argument that the way that I'm inexperienced is good because they're experienced in bribing and I am not experienced in bribing. Yes, but the problem is, uh, is, again, the problem is that at least the president of the country should know something about politics. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised by the fact that actually now, just you know weeks before week before uh, election he continues his tours with his concerts with his shows in my mind he should at least sit down and read the books about but look, you know, this about is, governance this about is economy. this is his campaign so he's is, again he's mixing he makes a show as if it was just a show, but it is part of his campaign. And that's something that uh, he brings new about Ukrainian politics, which brings politics closer and closer to entertainment. And that's very dangerous, I think. I, I, I agree. And in this sense, I think that uh, many Ukrainians, they are naive, you know, again, just to projecting his character in the movie. Uh, into the real uh, candidate for uh, for presidency, but at the end of the day, it would be the will of people. So, but what I mean, I mean that in the second round, the whole atmosphere may change. Yeah, this is very important and very interesting. 
let me remind that we're talking with Oleksiy Haran, one of the best-known Ukrainian political experts, professor at Kiev Mihail Academy and research director at Tilko Kucherev Democratic Initiatives Foundation. Uh, let's talk about Timoshenko a little bit. Would you agree with the statement, I hear sometimes the statement, that she reached the peak of her rating, of her, of her electorate, of, of citizens who will vote for her, and she's unable to grow uh, more? <clears throat> Look, um, before and now, actually in the fall last year, it was all analysts, including myself, we were saying that Basically, if nothing dramatic would change, Timoshenko is secure to be in yeah. the runoff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but this this drama change, uh, this drama happened with appearance of Zelensky. So at that time, her ratings were very high, uh, and uh, yeah, many people believed that she actually almost secure to be a president of Ukraine. But then the situation changed, changed, and I believe that actually success of Zelensky led to some decrease of the electorate uh, of, the, of Timoshenko because uh, a lot of people who are voting for Timoshenko they are interested in populist slogans um, which sometimes are not justified but now these slow the slogans are taken by are taken by Zelensky if we are talking about the electorate of Timoshenko uh, we uh, we need again we need to take into account that traditionally she had a lot of support from non-wealthy electorate people who face social uh, socio problems pensioners the older generation rural population and her major educated. slogan is that she would decrease the utilities prices which are very good for poor people right right and but economists are saying it would be a catastrophe for for economy it would complicate our relations with international financial organizations but again she used it as uh, as a vehicle you know to promote to promote her popularity but um, now we'll see um, but she made an attempt to appeal also to another kind of audience she made this new course which i think is the most detailed program of president a presidential candidate among all of them because it's a several very thick books uh, many interesting ideas some sometimes very utopian ideas but still there are people who worked on it and she tried to appeal to intellectual class and creative class <coughs> but, but it's it, it seems that she failed that creative class didn't believe her yeah I, I i agree with you in summer last year yes she tried to be innovative in the campaign she tried to appeal to younger generation to more educated to more educated people to present herself in innovative way uh, regarding the new course yes it's a very comprehensive program but if we analyze when experts are analyzing details of this program there are things which are not well let's how to say it diplomatically not very well justified yeah frankly speaking but at least she, she tried to go into details compared to others who are even Hritsenko not not talking about Zelensky who are just talking with slogans not real programs yeah correct but it appeared that uh, basically uh, basically she returned to previous uh, to previous orientation to to her traditional traditional electorate and by the way when we're talking about uh, Timoshenko I think that 
um, I don't buy the uh, accusations that she would be pro-Russian, you know, she would make concessions to Putin. Well, Tymoshenko is pragmatic and opportunistic, okay? Uh, given the situation, the change of moods in geopolitical moods in the country, I don't think that she will try to, to reverse the foreign policy or security policy of, of Ukraine. Maybe Putin definitely will try to make better concessions with new president and new parliament and government. Putin is waiting for that. It's not a secret that he said that I'm not going to negotiate with Poroshenko. I'm waiting for somebody, for somebody new. But for me and for many civil society experts, uh, Timoshenko may become a um, person who may try to monopolize power. She's very, she's a strong leader, definitely. She is charismatic. She knows how to make, how to make deals. And that's her idea behind this constitutional reform. She exactly. wants to make a parliamentary republic, but in a way that uh, a winner of the of the election takes more than half of the seats, and this can, well, her utopian idea would be that she will be a prime minister forever. Yeah. Uh, you are right, and uh, actually uh, there are many things about her proposals on constitutional reform, and she said that immediately after being elected she will conduct a referendum on constitutional reform, on, on changing, the con not on changing, but on adopting the new constitution. And this is very, very questionable from constitutional point of view. But you are right uh, when you are saying that her idea is to change the electoral law in a very specific way. Uh, in, uh, uh, and uh, the winner will take all. So she proposes actually the very strange system. Um, elections in two rounds, but they are based on proportional party slates, on proportional system. So you have the competition in the first round of party slates, but then you have the second round for the two highest yeah. uh, party slates, and the winner will take more than half seats. Yeah. So basically you will have one party rule, uh, one party rule in uh, Ukraine, which never happened in yeah. Ukrainian she, history. She wants a mix between American system and the role of Angela Merkel in Germany, who rules for decades. I think this is her dream. Yeah. But let's, maybe the last question we will wrap up, let's talk about the general geopolitical situation. Look, if we take top five candidates, uh, to, okay, top six, uh, Zelensky, Poroshenko, Timoshenko, Hritsenko, Lashko and Boyko, I would say that only one of them, Mr. Boyko, is openly pro-Russian. Uh, is it correct? Does it mean that basically we see domination of pro-Western uh, uh, vector in Ukrainian politics? <clears throat> yeah, I do not like the term pro-Western. I would say pro-European. Well, basically this is pro-Western, but I mean it's again it's schematic to divide Ukraine into pro-Western, pro-Eastern part. So we have a dominance of European idea, geopolitical idea. Uh, dominant support for um, for EU and even for NATO, although here you have regional differences, definitely. Uh, so, and I think that the main factor was the Russian aggression. Well, regarding support of the European integration, it existed and was dominant before 2014 as well. 
Um, but uh, what happened uh, with Russia, open Russian aggression in 2014, it changed attitudes towards NATO, because previously the supporters of NATO, like me, uh, were always in minority. And when Yanukovych declared non-block status of Ukraine, he relied on the views of Ukrainians who thought in a very, uh, you know, typical Ukrainian pragmatic way. We will have friends in the West, we will have friends in the East, so we would be non-block country, but it didn't defend Ukraine. Okay, so now you have the support for NATO skyrocketed. And uh, so we may say that, yes, this is very profound geopolitical, ge geopolitical uh, change within the country. One more issue compared to previous campaigns, there would be no, uh, no strong uh, regional divide as it was in 2004 and 2010. There was no regional divide in 2014. Now there are electoral geography still is important and definitely there would be different vote in different regions, but it won't be as harsh as it was in 2004 and 2010. So this is very important. And, and here Zelensky also makes a difference because he appeals to the uh, voters of South and Eastern U Ukraine, which were typically pro-Russian, pro-Soviet, uh, pro-Yanukovych, etc. But now many of these voters turn west, I think. What do you think? Yeah, at least he's talking about Europe. Right? So, and again, what is, uh, I think what is important is that now the changes after 2014, they included the profound change in understanding what Ukrainian nation means. And even before 2014, we were talking about Ukrainian political nation. But after 2014, we have a very profound confirmation of, of this fact. That means it doesn't matter what is your ethnicity and what language you speak. Religion doesn't yeah, matter. It, do, it doesn't matter. The only thing, do you consider yourself to be a patriot of Ukraine? So, I mean, this understanding of Ukrainian political nation is very, very important because we know that previously Kremlin tried to capitalize on these division lines connected with language, connected with regions, and now Kremlin will continue his work uh, and uh, this approach again and again, but this is not a decisive, uh, decisive factor right now. If we assume that Mr. Boyko, who is backed both by Mr. Medvedchuk, who is Putin's best friend in Ukraine, and by Mr. Firtash, one of the most strongest oligarchs and also linked to the Kremlin, if we assume that Mr. Boyko is a majorly pro-Russian candidate, but we see at his figures it's 6-7%, can we conclude that Russians failed on this election? In sense, uh, in a sense that uh, open pro-Russian candidate doesn't have a chances to win. But I think that what Putin is uh, relying on, he's relying on the change of constellation in the parliament. Again, uh, Boyka's party will not be dominant in the parliament, but they will be present. Perhaps there would be other new political projects. And the idea of Putin is to influence formation of the new Ukrainian government and to gain, and to gain uh, concessions, to gain concessions from Zelensky, from Timoshenko, maybe even from Poroshenko. Although I don't think it's the case because now Poroshenko is an enemy for, 
for Putin, but uh, Putin is waiting for the elections, especially for parliamentary elections. I think he's he's waiting for weak Ukraine. So he attacked Ukraine when Ukraine was the weakest in its independence history in 2014. Uh, and here again, the Zelensky factor is very dubious because among all of the candidates, I think it is Zelensky who risks really to have Ukraine more chaotic and weak. weak what do you think? Yes, I agree. I agree. I agree that uh, uh, a lot of things would be uh, would be un un unpredictable. Again, we have already said that regarding his team, who will be his foreign policy advisors? Uh, who would be his strategic advisors again whom he will suggest as a minister of foreign affairs and minister of defense and we know that this is uh, this ukrainian what ukrainian president is doing he's suggesting candidates for ministry of minister of defense and minister of foreign affairs they are to be approved by the parliament by the way but nevertheless uh, so yes it opens the box uh, with with many questions, but let's see. It's it's uh, interesting. Ukraine is as always interesting country. Uh, in a few days, 31st of March, we'll have the first round of presidential election. 21st of April, the second round, and then October parliamentary election. Ukraine shows again. We talked uh, with Oleksiy Harany, one of the best-known Ukrainian political experts. Ukraine shows again that this is the democratic country. We don't know who will win the election. And interestingly, the most candidates are pro-European. So I think that, yes, the general vector of Ukrainian politics will, will continue and it's towards Europe. Thank you very much, Oleksiy Harany, professor at Kiev Mahila Academy and research director at Ilko Kucherev Democratic Initiatives Foundation. Follow the research of, of his foundation, the exit polls, which, which are due on uh, 31st of March, 8 p.m., the first exit polls. Uh, we will be reflecting them as, as well on ukraineworld.org. Uh, we have live coverage of Ukrainian election on our website, ukraineworld.org, and follow us on Twitter. Ukraine world and hashtag elect you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.